This is Everyday Wellness, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your health and wellness goals and provide practical strategies that you can use in your real life. And now, here is your host, nurse practitioner Cynthia Thurlow. Today, I am thrilled and excited to have Elisa Vitti. She's a women's hormone and functional nutrition expert and pioneer in female biohacking and femtech. And I want to hear more about what femtech is. She has a company called Flow Living that is helping to change the narrative for women's hormonal and menstrual health care. Through its digital platforms, telehealth coaching, and supplements, women everywhere can naturally treat their hormonal issues like PCOS, PMS, infertility, and perimenopause. She believes that it's long overdue for an end to women's unnecessary hormonal suffering. And with that, welcome. I'm so excited to connect with you. Oh, thanks for having me, Cynthia. It's great to be here. So tell me how you kind of got interested in this work. I'm sure, did you intend when you went to college, was this an interest of yours or is this just a natural kind of way that your career kind of unfolded? I mean, I think I was interested in becoming an OBGYN and then I had a an interesting experience that opened my eyes to some of the things that, you know, were interesting to experience with a conventional gynecology when it came to hormonal imbalances. So, you know, long and short of the story is that I, from a young age, you know, as puberty was progressing, I noticed that I wasn't quite developing the way that everybody else was. And then really kind of clocked that from the age of 12 to 22, I only menstruated six times, but was being told that that was just normal part of, you know, the irregularities of, you know, the teenage years. Two of those cycles, by the way, were chemically induced with synthetic progesterone. So, you know, somebody must have felt like it was a little bit more than your typical cycle irregularities as you begin cycling. But the symptoms outside of that kept getting progressively worse. You know, I started gaining a lot of weight. My acne was tremendous acne. And then it had some mental health side effects, you know, in terms of anxiety and depression and insomnia. And the whole thing was really just interfering with my ability to feel good in my body and to function normally in my life. And no one could give me any answers, you know, and I was going to see the best of the best. And so I, you know, was lucky that I was at Hopkins. So I was able to do some research in the library and in an obstetrics journal found some information about Stein-Leventhal disease and really felt like that was me described perfectly. So I went to my gynecologist the next day and we did a whole bunch of testing. And when we finally sat down to go through it, she said, you know, you're right. This is what you have. You have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I thought, fantastic. Now what do we do? And she said, well, we don't have anything to fix this, you know, and all these symptoms that you're experiencing now are going to compound and get worse and potentially develop into diabetes, heart disease, infertility, and more. And the best that we can offer you is, you know, triage form medication along the way. And that was a big pivotal moment for me, that moment, taking that in. And my body had a very particular reaction to, no, that's not my future. And I opened my mouth and I said that to her and she said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know yet. (laughs) I'm going to take my very expensively trained mind and I'm going to go figure this out. And I promised myself that if I could figure out a solution for myself, that I would dedicate my career to building a platform that was going to make 
navigating all of these sort of castaway conditions from the GYN point of view, much more simple for women to deal with, because those were the two things that sort of opened my eyes. It was that conventional medicine, there's this big gap, you know, if you need a great pelvic exam, if you need certain procedures, surgical procedures, you know, antibiotics, you know, any of that GYN care is the best. But if you have a chronic, systemic, hormonal, metabolic, inflammatory you know, issue with your cycle, with your fertility, this is where the, the, the gap exists. And then the other thing that I saw was that millions of women were dealing with this mm-hmm. and we all felt like we were alone and the only one and that we had to somehow shoulder this burden in isolation and not talk about it and not have support and that we should somehow just accept Mm -hmm. that that's the best that we were going to get. And I really believe and truly feel that women deserve much more with their healthcare because you need your annual GYN exams. We love doctors and you need to learn what your hormones are doing so that you can take care of them every single day so that you don't continuously unknowingly disrupt them and exacerbate disorders or disease with hormones. And so that is sort of the whole origin story and DNA of me and the flow living as a company. And you asked, what is femtech? Well, femtech is a new term that's given to a group of businesses that are founded by women who are trying to use technology to solve female specific issues. And so certainly flow living fits that category. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that you're doing the hard work. I think, you know, even as a nurse practitioner, when I think back to being nursing school, my nurse practitioner programs, obviously I wasn't at that time, female hormonal health focused. I was more still the adrenaline junkie and cardiology and ER medicine. I was that 12 or 13 year old who had very irregular cycles, had, you know, like blonde peach fuzz on my face And probably when I was 16 or 17, my, you know, well thought out, thoughtful male gynecologist decided that I needed to go on hormones. He said, you should have a period every month. And, you know, I kind of bought into that mentality. I just have to interject right there because that is concerning, Mm -hmm. right? That the doctor said Mm -hmm. that you need to have a period every month. So we're going to put you on birth control, which we know shuts off Mm -hmm. the cycle, shuts off ovulation, and you don't have a period. So for anybody who just is hearing that as like, that's the solution, it's very concerning because Mm -hmm. doctors should know, they must know that you are not having an actual period. You're just having some occasional breakthrough bleeding that eventually will stop because you're getting such a low dose of estrogen that you can often, whether that be through the oral medication or an implant or a device, eventually will have you have no bleeding whatsoever. But it's so concerning to me that women are so misled in terms of the information that's being presented because you're making critical healthcare decisions without the full picture. You know, right. had you known at 16, because you were already a very brilliant person at that age, right? that this wasn't going to give you a period, but actually stop you from having all of your own hormones being manufactured, you might've said, gee, that doesn't really make any sense. Right. And here's the caveat that's so interesting is for years and years and years, I remained on oral contraceptives. And I remember when I went off, when I met my husband and we got married and we're like, okay, we're ready to start a family. Well, what did those oral contraceptives do? It wasn't until I 
had a new GYN many years later, she said, well, I think this mask that you had mild PCOS all those years. So now you don't ovulate. You've got this, you know, luteal phase defect and, you know, you're not ovulating. And so now we've got a, a different issue. This was probably there all those years. Right. And I was a, a thin PCOSer, so I didn't fit the clinical picture. So no one would have probably assumed that, you know, I was that person, but I clearly had some degree of insulin resistance, clearly had, you know, a lot of signs of PCOS. And it wasn't until I started trying to get pregnant that all of a sudden, you know, then if, you know, this Pandora's box opens up and you realize, okay, let's, let's dig a little deeper, even as a healthcare provider, I think it was you know, there are oftentimes we prescribe medications to address symptoms without really addressing root cause. And yeah, I think, you know, it's so fantastic what you're saying, because what you're talking about is that there's, there was a missing, what I think a standard of care should be, right? If a person, a teenager, or young woman is presenting with some cycle dysfunction, as of 2015, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists decreed that your cycle is your fifth vital sign. So just to put that in perspective, you know, you can rattle off all four, but like the ones that you have taken in the ER, yeah. blood pressure, temperature, right? Pulse, yeah. All of those things, your cycle now is mm -hmm. at equivalent level of importance. So if you present to a physician with a fever, the physician knows to run specific tests to figure out why we are having this fever and give you the right treatment right? Because it's different if it's viral or it's bacterial and in nature. And so you have to do the little bit of investigation and analysis before you go to the prescription. So now when teenage girls, the standard of care must adjust to the ACOG decree. If a teenage girl has any cycle dysfunction, many tests should be performed to really analyze why that is, as opposed to what happened to you, which is your cycles are regular. Here's some medication that doesn't actually fix this. And then you go decades not realizing what was wrong. And then when you try to conceive, now you have to do all the cleanup work that you should have and could have done had you known back originally. And you feel the pressure of the fertility window, yeah. you know, time constraint, right? Not ideal for no. conception process. No. So again, all unnecessary mm -hmm. with correct information, with up-leveling standards of care and protocols for testing. Women should not have to go multiple decades mm -hmm. without knowing what is happening with their hormones. It's unacceptable and it happens nowhere else in medicine. Yeah. What's interesting to me is it's, you know, you have this fairly vulnerable population, teens, twenties into thirties, forties. I have girlfriends now that have been on the pill forever and they're like, well, I don't know if I'm perimenopausal or menopausal because I don't get a period. And I said, you should have a conversation <laughs> with your OBGYN about, do you really need to still be on hormonal birth control at the stage of life that you're in? And so many of them just enjoy not getting a period. And I said, but that's not normal. <laughs> oh, what they should know is that the opportunity cost of not getting a period and what it really, when you're, it's not the bleeding Mm -hmm. that you should be so concerned about having or not having, although that is a critical biomarker of your hormonal health. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure. What you should be deeply concerned about as you enter into your postmenopausal years is missing out on four decades of ovulating. Every ovulation puts money into your health bank account for your postmenopausal years because every ovulation is neuro 
cardio and osteoprotective. So if you're not ovulating for your entire reproductive years, you are going to struggle and be more vulnerable to issues with your brain, your heart, and your bones. And if you knew that before you conceded to this sort of route of dealing with your hormones in your reproductive years, I think you wouldn't find that that trade-off was worth it. Yeah. And what I find most interesting is that back in the dark ages, when I was an undergrad, you know, that was a time when there were tests going on with looking at estrogen and the use of postmenopausal women. And so because it was unopposed estrogen, of course, people were having health issues. You, you never, in a postmenopausal woman, you always give progesterone and estrogen together for a variety of different reasons. But, you know, that was the heyday when women were being told, don't take estrogen for brain health. You know, there's all these untoward side effects. So I now see women, you know, my mother's generation, who many of whom have been off bioidentical hormones for 20 plus years, because, you know, they went from cycling to no longer cycling and then have been without the benefits of bioidentical hormones over the last 20 years. And to your point, the cognitive impact, bone health, vascular risk go up extraordinarily. And so, you know, I kind of feel like your message really speaks to women of their entire lifetime, the importance of making sure that we are, depending on where we are in life, making sure our hormones are well-balanced. And to your point about that report card, when I talk about the strategy of intermittent fasting, which is probably what I talk about the most, that's part of my cycling. Cycling is a indicator of whether or not your body can tolerate the stress of doing intermittent fasting. And I tell people, if your period goes away, that's not good. If you still continue getting a period and you feel great, that's awesome. But not getting your period is not a good thing. Any issues with your cycle, you should take as seriously as having a fever, which I know we all take seriously these days, especially mm -hmm. in our post-COVID world. No, I think it's, I really do think that it's just a sad situation that we have, as women have faced, you know, due to institutionalized gender bias in medical fitness and nutrition research, especially women in their reproductive years have been left out of human clinical trials. You know, the medical community knows how deadly and dangerous this is and has been begging researchers to include women as of 1996. But unfortunately, as of 2016, there hasn't been much progress made. Fitness and nutrition research is, let's say, not as perceived of as, you know, so dire that we would need it. But the net effect of this is that wellness is not an inclusive conversation for women. Ironically, even though women are the largest consumers of the wellness conversation, right? But we're not actually getting what we need to truly thrive. And what we truly need is accurate, scientifically correct information from early on. I mean, I have a six-year-old daughter. You better believe she is getting age and stage appropriate education about how to interact with her body. For example, right now, at five and six, she looks at her bowels, right? Bowel movements every day. And she knows, oh, she calls them dinosaur eggs. If she has little dinosaur <laughs> eggs, she goes, oh, mommy, I have dinosaur eggs. I need to eat more vegetables and drink more water. That's amazing. Right? right. And then when she's nine and 10, I will talk to her about chronobiology and mm -hmm. the science of biological rhythms. And then when she's 12 and 13, we'll talk about menstruation and then she'll know why she has to modulate her self-care across her cycle. Because if we don't give girls the correct information at the young ages, by the time things start happening, they're too vulnerable to this inner dialogue or the conditioning that says, this whole aspect of my health is irrelevant, a nuisance. I should seek to 
you know, medicate it away. And then you do that in different in hormonal inflection points, right? Where you just feel like you have to be a victim and be passive to what's going on. And then it, you know, proceeds to perimenopause. I think women at every age are extremely vulnerable to the lack of this information because again, you're just making healthcare choices that you might not make or you might make different ones had you had that right information. So I think this is a enormous opportunity for us now because we're all globally connected through the internet. We have the opportunity to educate ourselves regardless of what the institutions are going to do and how quickly they're going to change and adjust. We need to, it's so critical. And we need to make sure that this knowledge transmission is not something that has to get reinvented every generation. I remember, for example, when Oprah went through perimenopause on her talk show, and I thought that was fantastic. And I thought, great, now every generation of women, every, you know, anybody who starts their journey will have this knowledge to as their new up-leveled foundation. But then a few, two or three years ago, I heard Gwyneth Paltrow lamenting about how she's going through perimenopause and she has no idea what to do. And she's confused and overwhelmed. And I thought, exactly, here we are again. The next generation is going through of, let's say leaders, thought leaders in any sort of media space. They're going through their perimenopause. They don't know what to do. They're overwhelmed. We have no continuous transmission of knowledge. And so every generation of women at every hormonal life stage Again, isolated, overwhelmed, confused, feels like a victim, unnecessarily suffering with symptoms and has to have the burden and the onus exclusively on her to figure it out. Yeah. Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients. And it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, trans resveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy, provide mental clarity, and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armor colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armor's colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, 
fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armrest colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. And it's just unacceptable. I could not. I'm only a little passionate about it. (laughs) No, and I could not agree with you more because I have a whole platform on perimenopause and beyond. Because when I hit perimenopause, and I tell people I hit it like a wall, like I was the over exercising, too much stress, probably too low carb. And it was like all of a sudden I couldn't sleep, I gained weight. You know, my GYN, who I personally like, just said, Oh, you know, your periods are really heavy. What we need to do is put you on hormonal birth control. And I said, time out, no way. She was like, okay, then we can ablate your uterus or we can just take out your uterus. And I said, no. (laughs) I mean, even that the hysterectomies are the most commonly performed surgical procedures, at least in this country. And that is considered the ultimate solution for women's hormonal problems. Yeah. I mean, it's a little shocking, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, let's remove a body part because we don't have adequate research to address your needs across your lifespan. I have a client right now who said, and I was trying to tiptoe around this discussion. She said, my migraines have gotten worse, which is common in perimenopause. She said, they're going to do a hysterectomy and that will fix them. And I was like, do you want to take out your organ? And granted, maybe you're done with childbearing years. And I understand that. But why would you want to take out your uterus just to get rid of headaches instead of, you know, looking a little deeper to find out what is mitigating that? I mean, listen, the fact that that's even still a thought Mm -hmm. really harkens back to Mm -hmm. the origin story of obstetrics and gynecology Mm -hmm. in the UK and Europe. And then in this country, which, you know, women should watch a movie called Hysteria. Maggie Gyllenhaal is in this movie and it, it is funny, but it speaks to this concept that was very much you know, common knowledge, common thinking at the time that the source of all female troubles was the uterus, right? And so removing it or in back in those days, inserting vaginally a bellows, you know, from a fireplace and pumping in some sort of like smoky, oh yeah, as a treatment for hysteria, right? There is a misogynistic, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. history when it comes to the perception of women's health issues, right? But I mean, that aside, it is what it is, unfortunately. I think that when women go through perimenopause and they hit that wall that you experienced, right? Again, 
that has absolutely everything to do with the fact that you did not know how to care for your hormones properly during your reproductive, active reproductive years. And what is supposed to happen in perimenopause is that you are supposed to feel good, just like you are during your luteal phase, right? And the missing link, I think, is this conversation about the infradian rhythm, which, you know, I'm just really proud that In the Flow is the first book to talk about the infradian rhythm, because this is the critical missing piece for women to understand just how changing a few things could set them up for a completely different experience of their health and all their hormonal issues. Well, I love the work you're doing. So let's talk about this biological rhythm, which I'll be honest, I had not heard of before. And how sad is that? Like I tell people all the time, I'm like, I went to one of the top research institutions in the country. And I like to believe that I'm a fairly well-versed 40-ish woman, but I had never heard of that. So let's talk about that. I'm sure a lot of listeners haven't heard of it either. You know, and I hadn't heard of it either. So you're not alone. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) you know, and I've done a lot of interviews since the book has come out with lots of doctors and they were all really like same as you. I've never, no one brought this up. We've all heard about the circadian rhythm, Mm -hmm. but not this, right? And so listen, chronobiology is the science that, you know, is the vertical within biology that studies the science of these biological rhythms. And we have known about the circadian, the infradian, the ultradian. There's all these different rhythms that take place in the body for whatever reason, you know, for obvious, you know, whatever reason, the infradian rhythm has gotten no attention because it's connected to a female's 28-day cycle. And the circadian rhythm has gotten all the attention because, well, A, it's universal. All humans have that. But also, it just so happens that the male hormonal biological pattern follows that circadian rhythm really closely. And since women have been left out of all of this research, just even sort of by accident, the circadian rhythm has gotten more studied because men are the subjects of these trials for different things. And so we just have a lot more information on how to optimize that situation. And therein lies the issue, right? So everything you've ever tried (laughs) from intermittent fasting to depending on how it works for you, HIIT workouts, paleo, keto, all of these things that have evolved in the nutrition and fitness conversation over the past decades, those have been primarily studied on men and occasionally will include postmenopausal women in the studies. If you're in your reproductive years, you've been left out, but that hasn't been disclosed clearly enough when you've been reading those articles, which is just an easy journalistic thing to do. And I've talked to so many of my colleagues in the media and they were like, yeah, I don't know why we didn't notice that. And I think it's just a great testament to how deeply conditioned we are to accept institutionalized gender bias. Like a female writer would just, or journalist would just be like, okay, yeah, the study was done on men. Okay, great. But we're going to take that and share it with women because there's no studies done on women and women need something, right? But we deserve more than that. We deserve studies done on our biological rhythms. Anyway, so you're taking all this information in and you're thinking, okay, they've done studies on both genders, you're assuming that incorrectly, and then you apply it to your own ecosystem and you have not the results that were promised. Mm -hmm. And then you're sitting there scratching your head, you know? And I always hearken back to these like commercials or scenarios that are always portrayed. It's like Jack and Jill start a diet and fitness plan together for 30 days. And at the end of 30 days, Jack looks like a Greek God and Jill is still fat, frumpy, and frustrated, Mm -hmm. right? 
poor Jill, because she has female hormones, she needs help. She needs medication. She needs more willpower. She needs to work out harder. She needs more diets. She needs all these other things to try. And hopefully then she'll get better, right? Or get the results that she wants. Meanwhile, everything works out for Jack because the plans that are being prescribed for him are optimizing his biology and they're disrupting ours. So let me just break down. I just need to, I just like feel like I have to address that frustration because if you have found yourself scratching your head over your lifetime, like really not understanding why you try so hard, you're so committed, whether it's weight loss or anything, I'm really not focused on weight loss personally, even though I have maintained a 50 pound weight loss for 20 years, (laughs) that's not my focus. (laughs) That essentially it's not you. And you can drop that negative inner self-talk that you have running that says it's you. You know, it's your fault. You're not committed enough. You don't have enough willpower. If you could just stick it out longer, something's wrong with you. What's wrong with you? You know, all that conversation you have, that can go away because what you can now know for certain is it's not you. It's that you were using a program that has nothing to do with your biology. And of course, it wouldn't get you any results because that's illogical, right? I love logic. Logic is great. (laughs) You know, it doesn't make sense to do things that don't make sense. So the circadian rhythm we know, you know, we experience over the course of 24 hours. Men's hormonal patterns follow that really closely. They make all the testosterone they need from 10 p.m. to about 5 a.m. in the morning. They wake up with that testosterone and cortisol surge. It is very optimal for them to wake up super, super early. Mm -hmm. In fact, they should wake up organically without an alarm clock between 5 and 6 a.m. because their body is releasing this super load of testosterone and cortisol. They should then bracket 6 a.m. to noon, right, or 1, to do any sort of strength training and all of their deep work and front load their caloric intake in that time. After about two o'clock, testosterone and cortisol start to dip and they kind of you know, go into more, let's say they have more sensitivity in their brain to their estrogen, even though it is at lower levels than females. They're more social and verbal. This is when they're gonna to wanna to do networking and happy hour, which by the way, isn't it so interesting that all of corporate culture is optimized around the male hormonal pattern? Of course, it's interesting because women weren't even allowed into the corporate environment in the 70s. So of course, why wouldn't they optimize their work life around their hormonal patterns? And so should we, which we'll get to in a second. And so then they go into the man cave. They don't wanna be social anymore around eight o'clock and they need to wind down and go to sleep. And if they do that, rinse and repeat groundhog day every day, day in and day out and stay committed and do what Tony Robbins says and get up and what Franklin Covey says and do the big rocks in the morning and do this. Like literally they will be at their peak health, their peak productivity and optimize success in every area of their life. If you do that with functioning ovaries, you will disrupt your infradian rhythm. You will cause disruption in your hormones, you will have increased cycle issues, you will decrease your fertility, decrease your sex drive, increase your stress, decrease your cognitive performance, decrease your productivity, and increase your misery. I couldn't be more clear because I have lived it (laughs) in both directions. You know, like you and every other woman, I thought I needed to squeeze myself into that 24-hour clock, not realizing that I had another clock at play. So this infradian clock, you experience it over the course of your cycle, but just like we now know it's too simplistic to talk about how the circadian rhythm only governs the sleep-wake cycle when we know it governs so many other timings of of nuanced systems of the body, it's too simplistic to think that the infradian rhythm only governs when you ovulate and when you bleed. 
when in fact it has deep effects on your brain, your metabolism, your immune system, your stress response system, your microbiome and your reproductive system, which is comprised of your cycle, your fertility and your sex drive. So of course, knowing that this one biological rhythm has reach into these six systems of your body answers the question for you that everything is connected, right? If you think you have like a random symptom in one category of your health and then another one over here, and you think that the solution is spot treating your migraines or spot treating your weight issues or spot treating your microbiome, the answer is actually, you know, you need to take a meta step back and look at oh, I didn't realize I was disrupting my infradian rhythm all these years. And this is the fallout from that, all this suboptimal performance of these systems of my body. That is absolutely fascinating. And I'm laughing because right when you were getting most passionate, one of my dogs had to bark. So he agrees as well. He agrees. Absolutely. (laughs) So I think that's really fascinating because we don't take into account the unique needs of women as it applies. I mean, I agree with you 150% in the midst of like writing a book myself and realizing there's so little research done on women in terms of intermittent fasting, but acknowledging bioindividuality and acknowledging the connectedness of all of our body systems. It's not as if it's in a neat little box, like here's your reproductive organs and there's no communication, you know, amongst your body parts. So when you're working with women, and I know you have this incredible book, how do we kind of take all of our lifestyle choices? How do we best support our bodies? Like, how do we do that proactively? And I love that you so comprehensively kind of identified so many things that I have thought for such a long time about you know, medical research and not being enough done on women of childbearing ages, I think out of fear, there's always this fear they're going to be hurtful. And therefore they just kind of kick women out of the equation and just worry about the postmenopausal ones. But let's talk through some of the strategies that can be beneficial to help support this other rhythm in the body that for many of our listeners, I'm sure it's the first time they're hearing this term. Well, I didn't want to just paint a picture frame around this problem or even just explain this new biological rhythm. I wanted to create a methodology by which you could deeply support this because we also know from all the extensive research done on the circadian rhythm that the degree to which you deeply support that rhythm dictates the the quality of your health, short-term and long-term. So of course, the same logic can be applied to your infrading rhythm. And I'm certain that more research when that is eventually done on this will only continue to reinforce what the initial research is showing that's already showing that to be true. So this methodology that I created has a name, it's called the cycle thinking method. And it's a method by which you sync with these different phases of your cycle, just like men are doing. Men have been cycle syncing for millennia. They sync with their testosterone cycle and their cortisol cycle, right? These two dominant hormones that dictate their energy and their drive and their cognitive focus. So I want us to take a great successful page from their book and just apply it to our biology, right? So you ha- let me break it down and I'm going to give you examples with your metabolism and your stress response system so that we can talk about food and fitness and if we have some time, we can talk about the female brain and productivity, which is probably a favorite subject because it's the third pillar of the cycle syncing method. So it's really about, you know, modulating your food, your fitness, and your time management across this infrading rhythm. So you have these four phases, the follicular, the ovulatory, the luteal, and the menstrual. What we know is that instead of what has been assumed, right? What's been assumed in the research is that you're a smaller version of a man with a slower metabolism. This is not scientifically accurate. This is outdated. You must release your brain from this thought. 
you must let it go. Sing yourself the song from the, the movie. <laughs> you know, let it go because if you hold on to that as true, what you're going to try to do every day is restrict calories and work out more, which is going to disrupt this infradian process. So in the first half of your cycle, follicular and ovulatory phases, your metabolism is slower, okay? And your resting cortisol levels are slightly lower. So what this means from a food and fitness point of view is that you can eat fewer calories and you can do more intense workouts, cardio, high intensity interval training, right? In combination, when we factor all these things together, it creates the optimal environment for you to build lean muscle efficiently, use stored fat as fuel, and keep blood sugar stable, which is essential for your brain, your heart, and your muscle tissue, right? From an endocrine point of view. So it's a perfect biohack to modulate your food and your fitness with what is happening metabolically and stress response wise in this first half. Then when you cross over ovulation into the second half, luteal and the menstrual, your metabolism speeds up. And research has shown that you need 279 more calories per day. And if you don't eat that, you will binge eat, which often what we throw away as some sort of joke, like, oh, I'm PMSing and I just woke up after a zombie binge of a whole sleeve of Oreos, right? I'm just, I'm like, oh, I'm back, right? Because what happened to you? Where did you go? Well, you kind of moved to the side while your neurotransmitter ghrelin completely took over your consciousness and forced you to eat the calories that you didn't front load throughout the day. And so here you're at the end of the day needing this caloric intake to happen and your body will get it no matter what, right? So you have this increase of caloric need, increase in metabolism, but you also have increased resting cortisol rates. And the studies show that you must not continue with high intensity workouts. You can safely do as much strength training as you want without a cardio component. So lifting heavy weights, Pilates, whatever you wanna do, hold the plank till you pass out, it's all good with me. Do not do all the HIIT workouts, right? Because if you do, Here's what the research is conclusive around. You will, ready? Turn on fat storage and turn on muscle wasting. So remember how I said to you before, like you scratch your head at the end of every month, like how am I getting nowhere fast? That's why. You make progress for the first half of your cycle, but then by continuing to adopt the practice that is optimizing male biology, aka eating the same calories every day and working out at the same intensity every day, you undo any benefits and progress you had made in the first half of the cycle and you end up nowhere or that's at best. At worst, you will gain weight and lose muscle and within a month or two start to effectively disrupt ovulation, menstruation, insulin, cortisol, fertility, sex drive. It's a vicious downward spiral from there. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting-edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data 
and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I have used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code EWP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep. We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water and you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. Right. And just dialing in these two things, really the food and the fitness piece, it's non-negotiable. If you're in your reproductive years, this is the only way to take care of yourself correctly. You can 
really prevent so many problems from happening. You will find that you are not anxious as much in the second half of the cycle. Where's that anxiety coming from? It's not because of PMS. It's because you are having much hypoglycemia from not eating enough calories, right? You're having extra elevated cortisol, right? Mm -hmm. From the insulin fluctuations. Then we're not having enough production of progesterone levels. And now you're having that perfect imbalanced ratio of estrogen to progesterone that exacerbates your PMS issues. So we don't want to just say, oh, it's PMS. No, it's you disrupting with your food and fitness choices, your infradian rhythm that creates biofeedback to help you know that you are moving in the wrong direction, as opposed to what we are doing instead, which is just writing it off as some sort of thing that we have to tolerate because we're female. It's nonsense. It's toxic mythology that keeps you ill makes your symptoms get worse. You got to learn the science and you got to start taking care of yourself in alignment with that fact. I think this is such valuable information and in many ways is very aligned with when I'm talking to women about the second half of their menstrual phase and how they need to fast and eat differently completely aligns with a lot of what you're saying. But I think it's really valuable that women understand those cravings are generated for a purpose. You know, if you were fasting too long, you're exercising too hard, wondering why you're wanting to eat everything and anything before you go to bed. I mean, really listening to the science and the neurotransmitter piece and the hormonal piece. And so much of hormones, we just kind of, well, I didn't have enough respect for them until I hit perimenopause, but you know, kind of thinking they all do their thing effortlessly. And I don't have to think about it, but no, not true. We want to be proactive. You have to support them or they will break down. And in today's environment with the, the load, the allostatic load of endocrine disruptors that your body is combating on a daily basis, it is no longer just a given that anyone would have easily effortless hormonal balance without you know, your active participation, male or female, young or old, you know, and let's not forget that young children, boys and girls at the age of nine. Now the increased rate of precocious puberty is going up for both genders because of this, you know, xenoestrogenic load that they're facing. So it's not easy for people's hormones in general, but women, especially because of this us being left out of research, because we are not given a proper education, because we sort of just accept that this is what it means to be female is to have all these problems. So then we don't take any action and we go decades and decades while things are getting progressively worse. And there should be no surprise really when you look at it as to why you don't feel good because it all adds up. And yes, if you're going to do any sort of detox or fasting or calorie restriction, or even play around with intermittent fasting, please only do that in the first half of your cycle. Once you cross over ovulation, you're definitely not going to get any benefits from it, you're only going to disrupt your hormones, your metabolism, your fertility. It's not worth it at all. You need to eat like an athlete. Why? Because your body needs those micronutrients and those calories to manufacture adequate levels of progesterone to actually grow an organ. Every month you grow the endometrial lining. It's this very special tissue that, you know, is the substrate of life, helps 3D print human beings, whether you do that or not. This is something that you manufacture, not out of thin air, but out of your micronutrients, right? So if you don't eat them, it's going to have this deleterious effect and you will continue to get depleted with your micronutrients over time. You got to do it right. You got to take care of yourself like a champion, the champion that you are, you know? Absolutely. You gotta, yeah. 
And I love that you put a lot of emphasis on your menstrual cycle as a blueprint or a report card or a barometer of your health. For anyone that's listening, recognizing that, you know, these hormonal fluctuations, they're going to happen for us each month. And so, you know, as we're kind of tying in this discussion, when women are making this transition to perimenopause, the five to seven years preceding menopause, what are some of the suggestions you make? You may touch on that in your book. I do. Um, what are and some in fact, of the things that happen? I think that women should look at perimenopause in a longer view because it starts at 35 in the brain for every woman, right? Just like pubescence begins around nine in the brain, doesn't complete until 22, right? Perimenopause starts at 35, completes around 50, 55, somewhere between that window. So you have this nice two decade experience. The first decade, stage one perimenopause, 35 to 45, you definitely want to be maintaining your regular cycle for that whole decade as much as you can. And a very important study was done and came out, I think it was published a year or two ago in the New York Times, must've been two years because I included it in the book. They found that if women increase the consumption of omega-3 rich fish and legumes to three times per week, it delayed the onset of menopause by up to three years. Wow. So that's just changing two food items. Can you imagine if you start changing all the food items that I tell you to change in stage one perimenopause, you can really keep that cycle happening in that cyclical way for much longer so that you keep banking those ovulation cycles and keep protecting your brain and your heart and your bones for as long as possible naturally. And you want to really look at what's going on, right? Are you depleted from multiple pregnancies and breastfeeding? Are you starting to have signs of premature hormonal aging in that stage one, 35 to 45? Are you skipping periods? Are you experiencing vaginal dryness? Do you not feel youthful, juicy yourself, right? Any of that is happening. You want to intervene immediately and not with hormones. You want to dial back into the infradian rhythm support, start cycle syncing immediately, take supplements strategically. And again, if you're dialing in that food and fitness piece, you're going to immediately reduce by a huge factor, the stress that you're putting on your body and your body will recover hormonal homeostasis on its own. If you are 45 and over and you haven't done any of that because you're just hearing me today and that's okay. Do not panic. <laughs> you can still help yourself. <laughs> so you now are in the phase where it start, it's normal. You're going to move from a cycle to more of an elliptical experience, right? The cycle, the FSH levels are rising significantly. You're not going to be ovulating every month. This is normal. And thankfully the body wants you to have minimal disruption, as minimal as possible, that it would take almost a full decade for you to complete this process. Now, some women, of course, have genetic predisposition to go through this process earlier. If something that is historic in your family, just note that it doesn't mean anything is wrong. It's just what it is. You can still probably delay it a few years by changing your diet. But in the second stage, you want to, again, you can't cycle sync as easily, as directly as you can when you're still having your cycle and your infradian rhythm is unwinding, right? It will eventually shut off when you have your last bleed, but you do want to start to play around with doing things that are going to be really supportive for this transition. So experiment with intermittent fasting because the benefits are very clear postmenopausally that this is something that is very helpful for aging healthfully. You want to definitely get super excited about lifting heavy things. And you want to focus on functional fitness, right? 
can you do one of those goddess squats on the floor and stand up without putting your hand, like, can you fully utilize your hip area, (laughs) right? So you want to start really thinking about functional fitness to age in a strong way, Mm -hmm. and then supplements, more adaptogens, and potentially if you're having a lot of symptoms, hot flashes, et cetera, really working with a practitioner who can really, in a bio-individual way, prescribe the right combination of herbs, maybe bioidentical things to help you transition more successfully. Because, you you know, if you have a whole history of your reproductive years where you were taking medication, you had a history of disordered eating, you were depleted postnatally for years and didn't realize it, life stress, and you've not cared for your cycle, it's only to be expected that you might have some of these stereotypical experiences of perimenopause with night sweats, hot flashes, irritability, not feeling like yourself, weight gain. But the solution is not to, again, just seek out a medical, you know, intervention. The solution is to really address the fact that you've had all of this depletion and you want to get really serious about shoring yourself back up to, you know, fully juicy levels. That, I mean, I'm completely in awe because this all makes so much sense. And I'm sure there are women listening that are going to say to themselves, my gosh, like this just intrinsically makes sense. And I'm so grateful that you're proactively talking about this, advocating for women's health, and even starting the discussion with your child, who's very young, starting the discussion, you know, don't sit in fear that you have to have these discussions with your children. It's really, really critical. Now, I know in addition to the book, you actually have an app. And so let's talk about your app, which I'm all about apps, because I think it's such an easy way to be able to take that information along with you. So yeah, after my first book, Woman Code was published, women were asking me for an app to keep all this encyclopedic information that I spout out so effortlessly, like to make that something that you can have in the palm of your hand. And I didn't want to just build a period tracker because there were so many on the market, but because they really just tell you like, oh, you know, you're ovulating or, oh, you're about to have your period. And most of us will have an example or a reaction to that. Like, yeah, I know, (laughs) you know, like, tell me something new, (laughs) you know, and oftentimes these early period trackers back, you know, a decade ago were being created by men. So you'll notice in some of those older apps, like the imagery used for ovulation is like, a stiletto heel or lipstick tube, because that's when you're, I don't know, interested in sex. (laughs) But it's so creepy, you know, because like, what is the guy who's coming up with that thinking? Anyway, what I built with the MyFlow tracker, and that's MyFlow and has that circle icon, not the feather. And what I built with that was an app that would do a couple of things. One, it would help you track any symptoms that you were having any phase of your cycle and explain to you from a functional medicine and nutrition perspective, why that was happening. What could be going on with your hormones? What could be going on with your diet? And then it also gives you functional nutrition guidance on what to start doing. For example, let's say you always suffer with mid-cycle acne. You break out, you have some pain, you have some breast tenderness. The app is going to suggest something like starting with a two-week addition of cilantro and flax every day. Cilantro contains a, a molecular compound that really supports liver detoxification and flax you know, does so many things, but it will help your body get the estrogen that your liver has metabolized out through the large intestine more expeditiously. Doing that alone can clear up longstanding acne. And again, as a serious acne sufferer, I uh, take my acne recommendations very seriously. And so it'll teach you in real time, in small doses, what you need to know about yourself. 
right? So you don't need to know everything about your hormones. You just need to know what's relevant for you. And the app is going to empower you in that real way to do that. The second thing the app does, of course, is it lets you know which phase you're in and empowers you to start adopting the cycle syncing method. So in each phase, the app will give you things that you can add to your calendar, what foods you should eat, which fitness activities you should focus on, what you should do with this 25% brain change that you experience over the course of the infrared room, how should you focus at work, what things are you supercharged to do cognitively, it'll help you optimize your orgasms, it will help you make absolutely everything in alignment with these hormones and so that you can thrive, right? And there's one more really fun feature, which is good in any relationship, whether you're with a woman or with a man, there's a partner sync feature. And so if you'd like, you can drop in your beloved's email and they will receive a hormonal dossier as you enter each phase that tells them what's happening with your hormones, what they can do to interact with you in a positive way. Meaning, for example, in the ovulatory phase, because of that super surge of estrogen, your verbal and social centers of your brain are hyperstimulated. So if your beloved says to you, let's go out with our friends, Jim and Judy, or Barb and Deborah, you know, you're going to say, gosh, how did you know? I, I would love to do that. That's so great. But if your partner came to you in the luteal phase and said, honey, we got to go out. You're going to be like, I hate this person. Why are they <laughs> making me go? I don't want to go out, but I feel like I have to say yes. Right. So there's unnecessary friction. Right. Because, again, men do this without blinking. Mm -hmm. A man will comfortably say if you approach him for social activities or sexual activities in the later evening, he will say, no, no, thank you. This is not optimal timing for me. I can do it, but I'm not going to like to do it. I would rather do it another time. You, on the other hand, without the knowledge of your infrading rhythm, think you have to do anything at any time. It doesn't feel good, right? So anyway, your partner's informed about that piece. And then there's also a sexual component, meaning there's a, a whole thing we haven't even talked about, which is the infradian effect on your libido and how you can optimize your orgasmic plateau during that phase. And what is the orgasmic plateau? How is it different from climax? It's all in the book, but essentially you want more orgasmic plateau to maximize the output of oxytocin and nitric oxide so that you can, I don't know, do absolutely everything beneficial for your health, boost your collagen production, boost your immune system, boost your cardiovascular health, protect your brain, reverse aging. I mean, this is what you wanna do. And women, 65% of women are sexually unsatisfied because they don't know about this infrading effect on their sex drive. So the, this empowers your partner to be an ally and to include your infradian rhythm into your mutual reality. And I think that that's really necessary. I also go into corporations and teach, you know, mixed gender teams how to make the workplace more inclusive of the infrading rhythm so women can do their best work just as equally as the men. Of course, you can do anything at any time, but why shouldn't you be given an easier playing field like they have been given? Of course you should be. I love how this translates into every aspect of our lives. Now, I want to be respectful of your time, but I would love for you personally to kind of talk about how do you find balance? There's no such thing as balance. There's I mean, no right? such thing That's as balance. Elusive. Yes. But as a woman, as a mom, as an entrepreneur, how do you find balance embracing this methodology? This methodology is my saving. I mean, I don't know how I would do the quantity of things that I do without being able to bucket it appropriately in this cyclical fashion. So that includes, there's a whole chart in chapter eight or nine of the book called mother flow, because I was delighted to find after I had my daughter that I could batch 
projects in motherhood according to these phases so I could get them done with less drain and strain. Like, you know, there's, for example, all the administrative grunt work that mothers have to do, right? Scheduling appointments and filling out paperwork and making sure you've got enough socks for the winter. I mean, it just snowed today. I don't have snow boots. You know, we got to get on some of these things, right? I batch those types of things in a specific phase Mm -hmm. so that I can do it without having stress. Then I batch other activities with her at different times. It just makes everything more manageable so that I don't feel overwhelmed that I have to do everything at any time. So yeah, I don't strive for balance. I strive for curation, right? I love that. Curation. I curate what am I going to work on this week? And I project map at every, mm-hmm. you know, usually the last day of my bleed, first day of my follicular phase, I will just sort of look at the month ahead and I will say, okay, what do I want to do? And I will map it all out. And that'll be in every area of my life from work to administrative things, motherhood, self-care. I map it all out. I built that time management planner for you in chapter six, the first and only time management system that includes the infrading and circadian rhythm because I was tired of driving myself crazy using these other planners, (laughs) making myself feel bad when I was like, this is not how I operate. And I batch everything throughout the month and I just keep those healthy boundaries with myself so that I do what's optimal for me when it's optimal for me and I deviate as little as possible. And you don't have to do this 100% of the time. It's really, you get the benefits with the time management piece if you only do it just even 50% of the time. The food and the fitness are non-negotiable. The time management stuff, you have a little bit more flexibility, actually have more flexibility the more you dial in that food and fitness piece. Well, I can't tell you how excited and thrilled. I I know I'm gonna have to bring you back because I didn't get through all of my questions. You're a wealth of knowledge. And you very graciously offered a free month of Flow 28 to listeners, but tell everyone how to connect with you on social media, your website, how to grab your book, which is an incredible resource. So yes, the free month of Flow 28, that's our cycle syncing membership. If you are like, yes, I'm an infradian girl living in a circadian world, come be with the thousands of us who are rolling up our sleeves and learning together how to master this methodology and apply it in all of these different areas of our lives. You get recipe plans and grocery lists and fitness videos and monthly chats with me. It's a really great tool to help you make this transition easily. But then if you're having hormonal problems and you want to take advantage of our femtech platform at Flow Living, you can come to flowliving.com and take advantage of our digital therapeutic courses, our one-on-one telehealth coaching, our supplementation. You can find me on social media at Flow Living and at alisa.vd. And then if you're eager to get your hands on the book and while you're waiting for the book to be delivered, if you want a bunch of fun downloads about the infradian rhythm and some fun things like which skincare should you use at which time of the month is that changes too, you can go to intheflowbook.com and download all the free infradian resources there as well. Well, such a pleasure to connect with you. We'll have to do this again. I know that, you know, irrespective of women are in their life stages, there's valuable information there. I would love to come back so much to share. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Everyday Wellness. If you loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and remember, tell a friend. And if you want to connect with us online, visit the link in the show notes. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. 
The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.